Good morning, New Beginnings Christian Community Church family and friends. My name is Pastor Alfredo Peña, and I want to welcome you this morning to our Sunday service. We want to thank our praise and worship team for ushering us into God's presence. And now we come to the part of our service where we um, listen to the message to be fed by His Word. The scripture reading for today is in the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. And then we're going to jump to chapter 10, verses 8 through 23. The title of my sermon this morning is Help Wanted, The Harvest is Great. Let us pray. Most living and loving God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for such a beautiful morning, God. And we thank you for um, God giving us the gift of our faith and the desire to come together this morning and, and just spend some time in, in worshiping you and now to be fed by your word. I ask only one that you prepare our hearts, prepare our minds, open our ears, God, so that we can hear clearly the message that you have for each one of us today. Make it personal this morning, God. Make it uh, appealing to us, God, that it's like writing a love, like reading a love letter from you. We thank you. We honor you. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you move freely this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. <clears throat> Scripture reading again is in the book of Matthew, chapter 9, 35 through 38. And then we're going to jump to chapter 10, 8 through 23. And it says this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. <clears throat> be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not speak, will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Just a little bit of background in this scripture. Um, you know, it's, it's 
almost when we get a new job and we're given the job description. So this is a pretty powerful job description, isn't it? Um, but, but let's break it down so that we can fully understand the message this morning. So here we know that Jesus was going through all the towns and, and he was preaching the word. He was healing the sick. He was, you know, delivering those that, that um, were possessed and, and oppressed. And, and he was doing some great works. And as he kept on going through the towns, he um, had the disciples go with him. And I think it's important that we understand one thing this morning. Imagine that Jesus is coming through San Antonio this morning. And just like he um, prepared his disciples, that he is preparing us this morning um, to do the same thing that he asked them to do. That continues to be the Great Commission for us as a church. But it has to start with vision. I'll be honest with you, one of the things that we do very well in the Christian community is we complicate things. We do. We can take something that could be simple and we, and we add some things to it or remove some things and, and just somehow, at the end of it, make it complicated. You know, my prayer um, occasionally is, um, Jesus, give me your eyes to see and give me your ears to hear. And as we have been studying the forgotten God, the study of the Holy Spirit, I realize that that is a prayer that we should do daily. Daily, we should say, Jesus, give me your eyes to see today what it is that you have for me to see and your ears so that I can hear the need that is out there. Daily, we should be doing that. So it was a great reminder as we continue on this study. But going back to my comment, we, we make things complicated. And here um, Jesus is telling us um, what to do, but he also modeled for us how to do it. And the great thing about this study of the Holy Spirit is that we we're praying that it gives us clarity of vision. And so today we are able to see that um, through the scripture. So vision is important. I had a professor that says, you know, you got to start with a vision. But the important thing is that others need to be able to see the vision. If no one else sees the vision, then you are just hallucinating. And so today, I want to define uh, what we mean when we talk about vision so that we can all be on the same page. And here's the definition that I saw that I like. This is geared more on the biblical side of the definition. Your present vision will serve as a bridge to walk from the past to the future. Vision is the eye of faith to see the invisible, a decision to get started, and a motivation to make it happen. Your vision begins where you are now. So you must face and solve your problems and then overcome all barriers to fulfill your vision. I thought this was an awesome definition because we tend to many times focus on the past and, and we do need to sometimes look at the past so that we can learn some things. But the vision is about the future. It's about how do we get there. It's about that bridge to get there. And, and so one of the ways and where we're going to start this morning is by seeing what Jesus saw. Give me your eyes to see Jesus. Remember, as I mentioned about the prayer. So today we're going to see as we break down the scripture what it is that Jesus saw so that, and he modeled for us so that we can do the same. So here's life application point number one. Get your pens and paper ready as we look at these three life applications this morning. Life application point number one is Jesus saw the need. Verse 36 says, when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. 
One thing that is important that, that we don't miss here, because it's easy for us to miss it, is that Jesus was, was his disciples. The scripture doesn't tell us that he saw the disciples' needs. It says he saw the crowd. This is such an important message for us as a church, because we tend to many times focus on just the four walls of our church and the needs of our church and the needs of our people. And those things are important, but we cannot just be limited to that. What we see that Jesus modeled here for us is that, yes, he was with his disciples, but he looked at the crowd. He saw the crowd and he saw their need. And that is what we need to do, churches. We need to become the church without walls and be able to look at, be able to see the need that is out there. Jesus saw the need, not just in his inner circle, but in the crowd. And he had compassion. Let's pause there for a bit, because I think we can get the see the need, um, especially today. Especially today, there is, there's an amazing need out there for hope and for peace and for love and for grace. And, 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 and right now we definitely see the need, but the question for us, and it's gotta be a personal question. You, you have to, you and I have to be able to answer that in a personal level first. Is, is that how we respond? When we see the need that is out there, is compassion what moves us? Because I'll be honest with you, I don't think that is the case many times. I think we, we can see the need and we can see the hurt and we can see the brokenness, but instead of feeling compassion, we are moved to sometimes judge we are moved to, to sometimes be a little self-righteous. We, we are moved to, to think that they should be held accountable and, and learn a lesson. You know, you made bad decisions, buddy. Now you gotta, you, you know, you made your bed, now you lie in it. And, and many times that is what our reaction is. And I'm just calling it out, church, because I think it's important that we, again, as I've mentioned Sunday after Sunday, that we do those assessments. We are, in a, in a turning point in our, in our journey as churches, not just New Beginnings, but in all churches. And, and the need is definitely out there and has been magnified recently. So we must ask ourselves, are we seeing it? Are we seeing it beyond our four walls? And then how are we responding to it? Is it compassion that is moving us? Well, so here's a way to answer that because I'm gonna give you the definition, uh, one of the definitions of compassion. It says, it is a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune, accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. That's another definition that I thought was wonderful. It says to suffer together. Compassion means to suffer together. The word that is used there in the Greek talks about, you know, something that's so deep to the inner part of your organs. It's kind of like when we say, I love you from the bottom of my heart, right? That means that we can't get any deeper than that. Well, that is the way we should feel compassion. That is the way we should feel the need to be able to respond um, to the need that is out there. So my question to us is, is that how we are responding? Yes, I think we can see the need, but instead of criticizing the need, instead of judging the need, you know, are we moved by compassion? Are we moved to, to not just pray for those individuals, but how do we go and how do we become that light? 
It says that he saw that they were helpless. He saw that they were harassed. He saw that they were like sheep without a shepherd. And that moved him. And I have to ask us as a church this morning is, is that how we are responding to the need that is out there today? Who are we partnering with? There was a, an example that I saw um, as I was reading from this pastor. And he said, imagine that I fall into a ditch because I think many times we all respond in different ways. <clears throat> so he said, imagine that I fall into a ditch and I need help to get out of there. He says, and this is how I sometimes see um, churches react. You know, we might get the, the Catholics, for example, and it's just an example, I, you know, please don't, don't take this to heart. But he says, you know, the Catholics will come and say, oh, my brother, I see that you're in the ditch. We're going to pray some rosaries for you so that God will get you out. Then, then we might we might have the Pentecostals, right? That will come and say, yo, my brother, only bad people fall in ditches. So you must have done something, brother, to, to fall into that ditch. So you better start confessing, bro. Um, that's the only thing that I can tell you. Um, we might get the Methodists that would come and say, oh, my brother, I see you in the ditch and we brought you some food and we brought you some water and we're just gonna comfort you as you are in the ditch. Maybe we get the universalists to say, we're going to send you sunlight and warm wishes and good thoughts as you are on your ditch. And all those things could be good. But at the end of it all, I am still in the ditch. Do any of those responses sound familiar to us? What we need to do, churches, we need to extend a hand and we need to help them get out of that ditch. If God is bringing us and we're able to see people that are in these deep holes, it is, it is not, let me tell you something, it is not so that we can fall in the hole with them. It is, it is not for us to say, I see you and I'm going to jump in the hole with you and I'm going to keep you company as, as we are both in this hole. No, you know what? Two Christians in a hole are useless. So what we need to do is we need to reach out. We need to extend a hand and we need to help those people get out of those dark places. And church, when you see people going in that direction, it is our responsibility to stop them when we are going into that direction. You know, um, because it's easy. It's, it's easy to get caught up in it. I, I'm telling you, I get caught up in it too. As, as I read some of the some of the things that are, are out there and I see some of the things on the news. And when, when that starts happening, when I feel like I'm starting to get pulled into that direction, my prayer is, Jesus, give me your eyes to see. My prayer is bring the scripture to life in my spirit that, that what you did when you saw the crowd, when you saw the need, was you were moved by compassion. Give me that compassion so that I can move the same way. Is that what we see? Is that how we respond? There are plenty of people out there that are, that are in that place of darkness. And it is our responsibility to feel compassion and to be moved by that compassion from the bottom of our heart, from the bottom of our organs, that we can't go any farther and be moved by it. Compassion without action is more like pity. And that's not what we're called to do. Jesus was moved with compassion to help them. And that is a message that we should have 
this morning. You know, that that alone, that life application point, that is enough. That is enough for us to go out right now and, and start just making an impact. But I'm not going to stop there. We have two more application points to study. Life application point number two is Jesus saw the potential. It says that, that he saw the harvest was plentiful. And, and, and church, you know, this continues to what we were just talking about. Give us your eyes to see. And what we need to be able to see is beyond the brokenness, beyond the hurt, beyond the actions, and look at their potential. They, The world out there is full of potential Christians. Are we moved by it? Jesus saw the crowd and he saw them healed. He saw them clean. He, he saw them restored. He saw them recovered. He saw them saved. Is that how you and I see people? Or, or do we just define them by their current situations? He saw that they had potential. And aren't you glad that someone saw the potential in you. I'm so glad that someone saw the potential in me. Because I'm telling you, if you know my story, I, I, was, I was a mess for a while. I, I, and, I, and there was a time that I didn't want it, nothing to do with church or God. If somebody would have told me back then that I was going to answer the call to be a pastor, I would have said, no, no way. I would have used another word in there, but I would have said, no way. But someone saw the potential. Someone saw beyond my mess and beyond my hurt and beyond my fear. And, and certainly Jesus saw that. But he, through the Holy Spirit, moved other great people to be able to, to reach out to me and help me get out of that hole and see the potential in me. And we need to be able to see the potential in people. We need to be able to speak life into that situation. And we need to speak to speak life into their own lives. You know, I was remembering a story that I read as I was um, taking some of my counseling classes. And it talked about this, this man that had fallen um, off of, um, as he was working in a building and he fell several stories and he was pretty, pretty hurt. And when they were taking him into, uh, into the, uh, in the emergency room, he said that he could hear, he could hear the people um, talking about how hurt he was and how bad he looked and I guess he was kind of mangled up and and he says I could I could hear everything I could hear them talking about how bad I looked and then when someone asked me you know are you allergic to anything he said uh, apparently I'm allergic to gravity <laughs> uh, he was still kind of making light of the situation and he said to me that it was important and when they asked me is there anything that we can do for you right now he said yes Oh, because they told him, we're going to have to take you into surgery because you, you have some um, broken bones that we need to fix. Is there anything that you need us to do, anybody you need us to call? And he said, the only thing I need you to do is operate on me like I am alive, like I'm still alive. In other words, don't give up on me. I need you to believe that I'm going to be okay as you operate on me. And church, let me tell you something, that is the, the way that we need to respond and we need to be able to see the potential and we need to not 
ever give up on somebody. And when we see them, we need to be able to speak life into them and minister to them as if they are still alive. As if they're not a lost cause. We tend to want to judge people by appearances. We think that, that if, if you have, have looks like you have everything together, like you live in a nice home, you have a nice position, you drive nice cars, you wear nice clothes, then you must, you know, you must have everything that you need. And sometimes we are not compelled to share the gospel, the good news, because we think, what are you going to tell somebody who looks like they have everything? And how wrong are we when we do that? Because there are plenty of people that are wealthy, that are rich, and that are still miserable and still need that light and that hope. And then we go to the other extreme. When we see somebody that has just been ravaged by drugs and, and by, by you know, horrible decisions and, and life has just um, dealt them, uh, you know, horrible cards. And, and then we tend to want to give up on them and say, oh, they're, they're, they're never going to change. Uh, they've been... They've been this way for a long time. And, and we just give up on people. And that's not the way Jesus looked at you and me. And that's not what he modeled for us. It says that he saw the potential. And we need to be able to, as we, everybody, everybody out there should, we should see them with that kind of potential. Do you believe that there's people out there that are lost in the world right now? And let me ask you another question. Do you believe that Jesus still saves today? So if we believe that there's a lot of lost people out there and we believe that Jesus still saves today, then what is the problem? Are we seeing them as potential Christians? And are we speaking life into them? Especially if it's our own families, if it's your own children, don't give up speaking life into them. And, and, and it really starts now. That's why I love our children's ministry, because if we start speaking life into our children today and see them as, as the future doctors and, and future evangelists and, and future you know teachers, whatever it is that they're called to do, but speak into that potential in their lives. There was a story about this lady that had two um, little boys. And, and when they were in the store, somebody said, are those your boys? And she said, yes. And, and he says, um, what are their names? And, and she says, this one is a doctor and that one is a lawyer. They were little kids, but she was already speaking life into them. And, and that is the way you and I need to respond today. Look at every situation out there as a potential for us to minister and share the gospel to them. Life application point number one, life application point number two, and that is enough to fill our plates and have us go out there and be busy, but we're not going to stop there. There's life application point number three. What we see in the scripture today also is that Jesus saw the problem. Jesus saw their, their need and was moved by compassion. He saw their potential, but he also saw the problem. And the problem here is not that the harvest was plentiful, but that the laborers were few. Because we don't want to do the work. We see the need. We believe that Jesus still saves, but we don't want to do the work. What if I was to tell you that if Jesus was coming here today and he would tell us, I still save 
and the world needs me. And you are supposed to be the carrier of the good news. And where do you think the problem is? What do you think has fallen through the cracks? It's something that should give us pause. Because what are we doing to help those that are in need today? What are we doing with those that are just in that broken place, in that place of loneliness, in that place of darkness? What are we doing? Sometimes we just don't want to do the work. We know we say things like, that's not what I signed up for. I, I want to go to church as if it's a spa, as if it's a place where I can just go and be pampered and hear something that's going to be enlightening and, and it's going to make me feel good. And and, and, and I just want to leave. I, I just want to be comfortable. And, and I get that. I get it. But if you look at the job description that we read today, that's not what we're signing up for, folks. We're signing up for the army of God. <laughs> you know, I always think about that movie of Private Benjamin, where she signed up in the army and she had no idea what she was signing up for. And she's saying, where are the restaurants? Or where are the condos? I, I want to go to lunch. And, and I think that is a reaction sometimes we take when, when we see that things can be a little hard. And that it doesn't make us very popular when we are the voice of reason. It, 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 sometimes people avoid us when we are the voice of truth. But we've got to be able to remain focused and remember that this is what we are called to do. It is for such a time as this that we are called to go out there and do the work. There are not enough workers out there. There's not enough people out there that want to sweat. You know, when we look at the example that he used, the harvest, that means that it's working out in the fields. That means that it's hot. That means that you get sweaty. That means that we get dirty. And we need to be able to be comfortable in getting our hands dirty sometimes. I know everybody gets called for different things. And I know we all have different um, visions and we all minister at different churches. But I'll tell you one thing that I thank God um, as I was ordained as a minister to the denomination that I did. And I remember the bishop saying, pastors, if you have a problem holding somebody in your arms that just soiled themselves from a binge of drug um, using, of using drugs, if you have a problem holding somebody in your arms that as a result of drug binging are, are just out of it and soil themselves, then you have no business being a pastor. And I'm glad that I heard those words because I realized that, you know, it is a sick that need the help. It is a sick that need the doctor. And sometimes, yes, they might be in nice uh, clothes and smell nice, but sometimes they're not. And we need to stop defining people by appearances. And we need to stop judging people. And we need to be moved by compassion. And we need to get to work. The title of my sermon is Help Wanted because there is a definite need out there and there is not enough of us out there willing to do the work. You know, have you ever heard of a farmer who went out to the field and planted the seed for corn? And, and when he finished planting, he went back to his house and he just lived comfortably and then one day, he woke up and miraculously all the corn was in his front porch. It had all had been 
pig than it was all in his front porch. Have you ever heard that story? <laughs> I hope not, because that's, that's not the way it happens. We need to get to work, church. The harvest is plentiful. That means that there is a lot of potential out there. And, and yes, we can, we can talk about how welcoming we are. In the beginning, so I'm talking to you right now. Yes, when people define us, they define us as being welcoming. They define us as being friendly. They define us as, as you know, just coming in and being invaded by hugs and smiles. And, and that is great. And, and I'm glad that that is our reputation. But the problem is that we are doing that as we sit here and wait for them to come in. And we are called to go out. And you know, we're in a perfect situation right now because the, the doors to our building are closed. But we are the church and we have been activated. And it's time that we stop going. There's a pastor that says, some of us went from being pew potatoes to couch potatoes. And we were handling this thing all wrong. We need to get to work. What motivates us? If it's love and compassion, then that's exactly what we need to do. If it's anything other than that, then we really need to spend time in prayer and, and, and go back to the scripture and pray fervently, Jesus, give me your eyes to see because what I'm seeing through my flesh, through my human eyes, is not good. I'm gonna close with three um, points that I think will help us. Um, as we put all this together. In our prayer time, we need to be able to visualize what it looks like. Visualize the, the finished product. When we, when we see a situation, you visualize the end result is good. When you see a person that is hurting, be able to visualize that God has restored them. When you see somebody who is who is broken, visualize that the God through the Holy Spirit and through us as vessels has reconciled and restored them and healed them. And then when we visualize that, then, then I think that's when we're able to see beyond just the immediate situation. So, so as we pray together, let us visualize what that's going to look like. We need to agonize. We need to see the brokenness, and yes, we can be encouraged, but I know my prayer is, Jesus, let my heart break for the things that break your heart. And when we know the story of Jesus, and we know the commission, and when we know the way he lived and what he modeled for us, and we see now the response to some of the situations out there, then yes, we should agonize. And it is my prayer that it that this makes us uncomfortable. <laughs> As I was preparing for this, there was a pastor who says, Church, I am praying that you have many sleepless nights. I am praying that when you go at night, uh, to bed at night, that you are tossing and turning until you are obedient to what God is calling us to do. Now, I, I don't know that I'm praying that you have sleepless nights um, because I believe that we're not going to need to get to that extreme. Because we're going to get it today. Because today we're going to say, I hear you loud and clear. You know, as, as we pray for Jesus to send the workers, it's got to start with us. We are the answer to our own prayer. 
We must agonize for those that are hurting out there. <clears throat> and we must evangelize. We must get comfortable sharing the good news. And the best way that we can start evangelizing is with our own lives. Is, is showing people what grace looks like. It's showing people what love looks like. It's showing people what hope looks like. And let me tell you something. Those of us that are on Facebook, you know, let's look at the last 24 hours. And it's what we have been posting out there, a reflection of us being evangelizing, of us being able to, to see hope, to see grace, to see love. Yes. Yes, this is serious. And this is what Jesus modeled for us. And so it's time that we visualize, that we agonize, and then we get up and that we evangelize. Help wanted. Will you answer that call today? This is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this message. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for going deep into those places in our heart and our spirit, God, that only you through your Holy Spirit can reach. Father God, that every word that we heard this morning, God, that it just continued to linger in our spirit, God, as we, as we continue and go about our week. Father God, that every moment um, that, we don't, that we seize every opportunity, God, that as we open our eyes, we open our eyes to possibilities and to potential. Father God, that those times, God, when we feel discouraged, God, that we can hear your Holy Spirit saying, I got you, and I, I will give you everything that you need to make this happen. So, Father God, move us today that we're able to visualize, God, and, and, and thank you in advance because we know that you're going to respond and you're going to answer the prayers. That we're able to feel the pain and suffering um, that is out there, God, so that that moves us to do what we need to do. And Father God, that you open doors and then you push us out, God, so that we go out there and evangelize. Your word says, go out into the world and share the gospel of the good news. Make disciples. And today, God, we hear you. And before we start our prayer with saying, Jesus, send those workers, we say, here I am, send me. We thank you. We honor you and we are encouraged by this message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We wanna thank you for joining us this morning. I pray that this message and this service was a blessing to you. I invite you to uh, check, go to our website, nb-ccc.org. Let us know how you are doing. We always wanna hear um, how this is helping you. We wanna hear how, how things are going with you. We haven't seen you, so we, we wanna stay connected. So let us know how you're doing. Um, send us your prayer request so that we can keep you in prayer Look up some of the information about our church. I think you will be very pleased with some of the activities that we have going on. I invite you to our virtual Bible study. Um, it's every Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Immediately after this service, you will see the Children's Ministry Church and service. Uh, we also have the Spanish service at 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we are an active church, and, and, and there is no, um, no reason why you wouldn't be able to be connected to the, the ministries that we have here in our church. This is also an opportunity for you to give your love offerings and your tithing. Church, it is important that we continue to be able to keep up with our responsibilities. So your love offerings, your financial support is very important to us. 
Again, we are excited that you are that you joined us this morning. It is my prayer that that we're going to answer that call that 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 help is wanted, and and the Holy Spirit go out into San Antonio and tells them, hold on, because help is on the way. God bless you.